0: Good morning, everyone, and Hare Krishna to you. We welcome everyone who's listening in online by radio or telephone to the Srimad Bhagavatam discourse here in Dallas, Texas, U.S. of A. Good slide. I'm uh, Rupa Nogadas with you this morning, disciple of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Kyi. This morning we're going to be reading from, continuing our reading uh, from the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th chapter, text number 29. This chapter is entitled, Lord Krishna's Entrance into Dwaraka in His Kingly Form. So if you have your smartphones with you, uh, you can go to vedabase.io and join us for the reading. That's 1st Canto, 11th chapter, text number 29. And before we begin, we'll have our invocation to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Shishi Radhaya Kalachanji, asking for their blessings, for their inspiration, that we might have something to say that would be meaningful and helpful to everyone.
1: Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Jai Gopi bala girivar dhari Jai gopijanaval bala girivar dhari Jashuranandana-bhrajajana-ranjana Jashuranandana-bhrajajana-ranjana Jamunnatiravandhachari Jamunati Ravanna Chari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Dai Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Gaur. Dai Om Vishnupada Paramahamsa Charja Hastow Tadasata Sri
0: is Divine Loving Grace. Abhai Charanadavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada Dayom Dai Om Vishnupada Paramahamsa Charja Hastow Tadasata Sri his divine loving grace. Shila Bhakti anta sarasvati Gosami Maharaj. Shil Prabhu Paar ki yes. koti ki. Yes. Iskan BBT founder charge. Shil Prabhupada ki. Yes. Iskan Guru Parampara ki. Shri yes. Rup Shri Sanatan Bata Raghunath. Shri Jeeva Kopal Bata Das Prabhu ki. Yes. Namacharge Shri Haridas Dakuri ki. Prime yes. jekohu Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityaanda. She si Advaita Gadadhar, She Vasadi Gora Bhaktarindaki, She She Radha
1: Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radha Kun Yiri Ki, She Mathura Ki, She Mayapun Abhadu It Dham Ki, She Jagannath Ki, She She Ki,
0: Ganga Ki, Jamunamai Ki, Tulsi Devi Ki, Bhakti Devi Ki, Bakta Bhaktabrindaki, Briya Madanga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution key. Yeah. Christmas Marathon, Srila Prabhupada's Marathon Aki, yeah. Gaur Premananda. Yeah. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Yeah. Namo Vishnupadai, Krishna Pustai Bhutale, Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane, Namaste Saraswati Deve Godavari Pichanine Nivise Shashunivari Pichantide shatarini Om Namo
1: Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya narayanam namaskritya Naramchai chayivanor utamam devim chara Tato yasun jayam mudirayat
0: Nasta shuva nityam bhagavat sevaya Bhagavati
1: yutam Bhakti bhavani naistiki, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Silla Prabhupada ki jai. Once again
0: today, our text is number 29 in the 11th chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we'll do word for word recitations. Uh, beginning. Ta Putram ankam Arupya, sneha snuta payodarah asya divali tat mana
1: divalita atmana divali mana divalita
0: atmana Gailai, and in poetic, poetic form, we will now recite. Ta-putra-makam-marupya,
2: <ieur>
1: <sua>. <trading Diana> sneha
0: Sishichur Netra Jair Jalai.
1: Tarputram Ankam Aroppya. Snehasnuta Payodhara. Haisa Vivalli Tatmana.
0: Sishichur Netra Jalai.
1: Stand please. <speaking in> Taputra <the language> unkum a putra manas maruvya Abudram (laughs) Mankamad Payorara, Arisha Viva Litatmana, ta-putra-manka-maharopya
0: neya-snuta-payodhara ishi ishi-chua-netva-jaya-jalai Word for word translation. Ta, all of them. Putram, the sun. Ankam, the lap. Aropya, having placed on. Snehasnuta, moistened by affection. Payodhara, breasts filled up. Harsha, delight. Vivalita Admana, Overwhelmed by, Sishichu wet, Netrajai, from the eyes, Jalai, water. Translation, and short purport by His Divine Grace, Asi Bhaktivedanta, Swami Prabhupada, Ki The mothers, after embracing their sons, Set set him on their laps. Due to pure affection, milk sprang from their breasts. They were overwhelmed with delight, and the tears from their eyes wetted the Lord. Repeat with me. The mothers, after embracing their son, set him on their laps. Due to pure affection, milk sprang from their breasts. They were overwhelmed with delight. And the tears from their eyes wetted the Lord. Very short purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. When Lord Krishna was at Vrindavan, even the cows would become moistened by affection towards Him, and He would draw milk from the nipples of every affectionate living being. So what to speak of the stepmothers who were already as good as His own mother? Krishna gives Krishna draws a lot of affection from those who have learned who he is and what he's like so i want to speak today a little bit about how to how to how to learn the affection from krishna's pastimes how do, how do we learn to draw that kind of affection from others just by reading krishna's pastimes so as a toddler, as, as a baby running around in the courtyard of Nanda Nandamaharaj, all the mothers were ench- enchanted by his activities. Uh, even his, his hanging on to the tail of a calf, while the calf pulled him through all the dirt and stool and urine that was around the courtyard where the cows were allowed to wander, and they enjoyed the the ladies of Vrindavan. The elderly Gopis enjoyed those pastimes. They they didn't. The, the affection came automatically. Now, of course, we're talking about a different time period here. In um, in the in the verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, this is Krishna's entering uh, the city of Dwarka, which was uh, you know a large place. It was a it was created by Krishna himself. Or, or by, and by the demigods also, who, uh, I think there was an architect of the demigods who, uh, fashioned all of the 16,108 palaces on this 90 square mile piece of land that jutted out into the ocean, Dwaraka. And so, but that was, that was as a kingly person that he entered the, uh, the city of Dwaraka. But when he was living in Vrindavan, uh, in the house of Nanda Maharaj and Mother Yashoda, uh, they observed him as a young cowherd boy uh, going with his young friends to take care of the calves out in the pasturing grounds. And they took so much delight in, uh, in bathing him and dressing him and putting a peacock feather in his hair. And and uh, they didn't delight in sending him off, but you know they knew they had to do it. So with great affection, they sent Krishna off with his cowherd boyfriends to play in the fields of, of, of surrounding Vrindavan and the fields leading up to Govardhan, and it was just a, a wonderful sight to see. And he was always so kind and sweet-natured, except when he was stealing butter, of course. Uh, that he was that he just he, he won the the affection of other people who were there witnessing his pastimes, and then later on, when he becomes a teenager, uh, the gopis tried to stop uh, the chariot Akura in the chariot from taking him off to Mathura, uh where he was he and balaram his brother were summoned to go and and fight with big muscular wrestlers, uh, on the request of his loving uncle, Kangsa. Of course, we know that Kansa was not loving at all. As a matter of fact, he desired nothing more than to than take the life of this evil boy that took his birth somewhere on the planet, and this was little Krishna. Um, but even when he entered the arena of the wrestling match, uh with uh, i think both of them were carrying the tusks of a this big elephant kulavala uh, whom they killed before they even entered the uh the uh, the arena um, uh different people saw him differently and those who had affection for him saw him as the most lovable object of their of their uh eyes uh, and it was a wonderful thing. And of course, those who were inimical toward him, like Kangsa, uh, they saw him as death personified. And indeed, uh, Krishna very easily conquered Kangsa, who was, who was feared by kings all over the planet. And they got his, uh, they won his affection by, you know, giving him gifts and doing things for him. And so Kangsa was that, that kind of person. But, um, still, as he, as he continued, uh, well, that was really his growing up period, wasn't it? When he, when he went to Matura and, and fought with Mushtika and the other wrestlers there, the big muscular wrestlers, and easily defeated them, just like a child playing with toys. So, um, uh, because of, of uh, Jarasandh's uh, attack on the city of Mathura, uh, Krishna decided that he should make a place for his relatives and and the other devotees of his who lived in Mathura city, uh, and so he created overnight. As we've heard already, some people have mentioned this in their classes recently. That overnight, Krishna created the entire city of Mathura. I'm mean, sorry, Dwaraka. And with, a complete with all of its palaces and gardens and, and highways that, you know, went through the prop, that went through the entire property. And he moved all of his relatives and friends from the city of Matura over to Dwarka. So they went to bed one night in Maturah, and the next morning when they woke up they were in this grand city of Dwaraka. And how could you not have affection for such a person as that? Of course, and they they do not worship the, uh, the Krishna uh, as the as the residents of Vrindavan worship him. Uh, in Vrindavan, Goloka Vrindavan, they don't know that Krishna has all these powers; that he's a supreme personality of Godhead. They don't they don't understand him as that, nor do they want to know him as that. Even Mother Yashoda, when she looks in the mouth of her baby boy just to see whether he has really been eating dirt as Balaram and the other boys were accusing him, she saw the entire universe and all of this demig- all of the demigods in the universe in the mouth of her baby boy. And she saw herself looking into the mouth of baby Krishna. So Krishna was... She was just astonished, and and she didn't know what to make of it. So Krishna very soon brought her back to the position that she enjoyed so much, and that was being his loving mother, taking him on her lap, feeding the milk from her breasts, and that was her baby. And all the, the ladies in the village of Vrindavan, they felt about Krishna the same way. And then when he was growing up, you know, got to be a teenager, all the young gopis that used to be harassed by krishna and his little boyfriends uh were now you know they were they were the greatest of lovers of krishna and the topmost of them of course was Srimati radharani so krishna has found a way to extract affection from all of these people that he's around and uh, to uh, and he also uh, is able to uh, accept the enmity of those persons who were very inimical to him. Um, and he, but what, is, what does he do with the, with the, with the, the, the giant witch Putala when she comes uh, disguised as a beautiful lady into the village and Krishna is but a baby lying in his crib and she picks him up and offers her breast to him. He takes away her very life by sucking her breasts. But as we understand it, uh, as a result of her having come into contact with the baby and offering her his body for his nourishment, uh, which smeared with poison, of course, she was she was that nature that she wanted she liked she enjoyed killing small children, uh, but Krishna Krishna not Jai radha Kalachanji. Krishna also. Um, uh, awarded her the position of one of the nursemaids in the spiritual world. So that's the kind of person that he is. So he is, and then uh, with the Pandavas, when, when he came into contact with the Pandavas uh, during their exile period, and when the Pandavas decided to attend the swayamvar ceremony of, of of uh, of uh, who is it? Um, not, I'm I'm thinking Rukmati, but it that was not Rukmati at that time, was it? Um, no, it was Dropadi. Uh Dropadi. That was that was when the Pandavas went to the swine war ceremony of King Drupad for his daughter Dropadi. And uh and so the the uh, Krishna and Balaram saw them there. And, uh, uh and I believe that was the first occasion in the Mahabharata, as we have it now, uh, that, uh, Krishna and Balaram came into contact with the Pandavas. And of course, they, they recognized them as very godly men. Those, those young fellows, Pandavas, who had been wandering around in the forest, uh, with their, with their mother. And so uh Krishna became, not only was he a king, but he was also a, an associate of Pandavas. He was kin to them, and so he treated them just like his cousin brothers. So these are all the ways that, or, or some of the ways that Krishna uh draws the affection of those who are dear to him, who love him and so uh we wonder how can we also uh become it in some to some degree as uh as as a great an object of affection for other devotees as krishna becomes you know we can never become as great as krishna in any of in, in any aspect but uh, it is our Responsibility to try to take jaisishi radicalajundi has reappeared. Uh, so if we we're we're desiring to act as an admirable person, following Lord Krishna's example. And how do we do that? Well, as younger, you know, when when we're a little bit younger, uh, we're very. Uh, obedient to our elders as a child, uh, we understand. We, you know, in the association of other devotees, we learn that following the uh, the orders of our our superiors, our parents, and our parents' friends as a child, uh, that obedience leads to affection. People love children who know how to act properly to the you know to other people besides just their parents. Um, and you know nowadays in our society, it is so rare for children to really show affection that when we when we encounter a young boy, a young girl, and every time they answer you they say "Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Um, just that little bit of training is it makes it endears them to us we, and and when I encounter that out there in the larger part of society, a young young man, a young woman even though they might be out of their teens and into their 20s, who respond to me, an older person, uh, with yes, sir. Um, it, it just kind of softens the heart to hear that. So that's one way that we start off with our training, um, learning how to bring a, a, the feelings of affection from older people. And then um, as a teenager... Uh, We learned that we should show not only respect, but also some fondness for older people whenever we encounter them. And we see that a lot. I see it a lot in our community that we're living in here in Dallas, that we have young people who have known us uh, ever since their births, and uh, they're just now coming into their own, getting their own identity, you know, becoming their own person and uh, so, whenever we receive not only just respect from them, but they actually smile when they see an older person um, in the community, it's it's really it's really touching, very heartwarming. So that makes us feel affection toward them. To receive that kind of affection from them. And then uh as we go on, we develop friendships with our peers as we start getting a little bit older. And some of us were in already into our late 20s, early 30s uh when we first came to this community in 1979, 1980. And so we have, over the years, the decades, you know, we've had our difficulties sometimes dealing with other people, but that's natural. They say, you know, one one of the ways that you smooth stones. Who was it that was telling us this one time? Maybe, I can't remember. Somebody had received a gift, a Christmas gift, uh, as a, as a young boy, uh, of, of a machine that you could put pebbles from, from the river, river pebbles, river rocks into the machine. And they would be all, you know, they'd have sharp edges, some of them on them. And you put them into this machine, and it vibrates them together. And just by rubbing together, all the rough edges are smoothed off. So I thought that's kind of a nice analogy as to how we become living in a community of other people. We, when we first came here, we had some really rough edges. <laughs> and so we were not always the nicest people to be around but we would encounter other people who had similar rough edges as ours. And so by just being with them and and receiving training from our spiritual master, and my spiritual master was Tamal Krishna Goswami uh we, we learned how to deal with people properly. And in doing so, uh, we won the friendship and the affection of our peers. And that was a nice thing. And then in our later years uh the the tendency is to become gentle with people of of all kinds and all ages uh that people will just um uh, people will see that and especially and and you kind of expect that in an older person that they're no longer quite as gruff and demanding sometimes they become gruff in their later years but uh most of the time we find that older people then become very gentle especially in dealing with children uh it's so so nice to have ch- children in our community uh i don't know what we would do if we did not have any i remember hearing one thing about uh lepers colonies you know where people who had leprosy would would go and they were kind of they were kind of uh, uh sent to those places to get them out of society so uh, one of the one of the difficulties that they had um, in living in a, a leper colony was the fact that there were no sounds of children's voices, and so uh, we we have a great deal of love and concern for the children who are in our community, and so we will show them affection. And we'll also do whatever's necessary to protect them uh, That's part of our job but generally speaking uh as as we grow older, uh we lose a lot of those edges that we had when we were younger and it it becomes easier for us and and also we we no longer have all the pressures of raising children and the pressures of, of of getting income to keep to support our families and to support our temple keep things running properly uh, we no longer have to do those things so it's nicer uh that one of the benefits then of advancing years and and there's so many uh, uh so many difficulties also that come with advancing years because as one of my godbrothers Mamuni, said before he gave up his body he said, You know, when I was young, I, d- I didn't even realize my body had joints. And now that I've become older, uh, I know each one of them by name, and they all hurt. <laughs> so some people wonder why old people don't smile very much. You know, you see a little kid, young kid, six, seven, eight, ten years old, bouncing around. And they're always, just about always smiling and laughing, you know, they got so much energy. But you don't have that kind of energy when you get to be a little bit older. And so it's not so easy to, you know, have that, wear that smile on your face as you see young children wearing a lot. Especially if they're fortunate enough to take their birth in a, in a devotional community like this or to be raised in here in this community. You know, they have a lot of people who are really Favorable toward them. And so they're, they're well taken care of. They get plenty of good, good prasadam to eat and they get to be with their friends bouncing around everywhere. And it's just a pleasure to watch them. So we, we, as, as older people, we, we just adore them seeing that all these kids around here like that. So we, we, we hope to develop then affectionate qualities like like krishna is is get is is as uh, has as always showed from his even from his very birth he 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 was very affectionate toward his devotees his parents those who were acting the part of his parents toward his friends his cousin brothers um very affectionate and so we hope to also develop those qualities and so one of the things that we hope to do mentioning children is that we avoid getting angry and dealing with children uh, and when you're teaching in the school such as we have here sometimes it's a little hard and sometimes you have to pretend to be angry you know you're not not we know I know the teachers are not really angry with the children because they realize that they're innocent and and they they just do foolish things sometimes and when they're in a classroom, until they learn a little social behavior, proper social behavior, sometimes the teacher has to bark a little bit. I have the good fortune of of having been invited to come back and teach one class this year at our local school. Did you know that, Krishna? Yeah, I've I've been invited to come back and and teach. And and of course I I thought I was done with my teaching career. But now I have the pleasure of going back and teaching a couple of sixth graders and a cup and about four eighth graders all in one class. So I have a huge class, you know, got six kids in it. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's a pleasure. So we, we, we don't, we don't, even when we have to correct a young person's behavior, uh, we try not to get angry with them. We have to, we have to be a little gruff sometimes but you know this this is the way we would expect krishna to behave as well that in uh, you know even if he has to do something to correct a behavior still he acts in such a way that the persons whom he's correcting know that he loves them so we have to respect others uh too not only the children but even when we're called upon to try to point out someone's behavior that is, uh, that it doesn't quite meet the mark here in the community because it might cause, it might be causing some other people problems. Then there have been times when management has had to do that. Uh, but even, even in that way, we try to show respect for those people whom we're having to correct. And, uh, especially if they've been around longer than we have and, uh, uh, still uh, if we're in a position of management in the community we we have to show that strength of character to be able to uh, talk with a person and say you know prabhu uh, i hate to bring this up but there's something that is going on that is is causing trouble in, in, with the people around and so uh, i have to i have to ask you to do something about it and so we do that but at the same time we show uh, show proper respect for that person realizing that this person is also a devotee of krishna and is a disciple or a grand disciple of his divine grace prabhupada. And prabhupada was also very compassionate toward his his devotee disciples uh, who especially those in the west you know he came to america And it was right in the midst of the big hippie period, you know, people revolting against the Vietnam War. And so many things young people were disturbed about. And so they didn't have, a a lot of them did not have a great deal of respect for older people. But Prabhupada uh, just drew that love from them by showering them with love and that's the way we have to do with other people you know even though i might have to say something a little harsh to you sometimes still i need to be say, i need to do that in such a way that it that it's it's loving and one thing that i found out i'm still finding out is that we have to refuse to carry any hard feelings for what we perceive to be offensiveness from other people and that's not an easy thing to do. Uh to let it go. Does that sound like a song? Let it go, let it go? Your kids know it, and maybe you don't, but the kids do. <laughs> what was that in? Uh, uh Frozen? Yeah, yeah, Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. And and actually that's 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 pretty solid philosophy right there. Just that one little sentence, let it go. I had I had one uh, fellow teacher out at uh, Eastfield College one time. A, this was a lady. Uh, she she we were talking about you know having difficulties and just having to just let them go. And she had heard someone say, "Let go and let God." So that's that's learning how to put aside our hard feelings that we sometimes get when other people treat us. Without a great deal of love, even without respect, but uh, we have to just learn to let those things go, let them go, just uh, because we never know what's causing another person to act in the way that they are acting. And this, this, uh, this happens with children in schools. Sometimes children, especially out in public schools, children can come from really harsh backgrounds. And so they just bring that right into the classroom. And so likewise, devotees come into this community and they might have had some, some very great difficulties, you know, just, just getting along in this material world. And so it's a, it's a difficult thing for them to let go like that. Uh, but that's, that's what, what we as older devotees now who've been around for a while, we need to exemplify this philosophy of letting go and letting God take care of it. Uh, and I, many times in the past, uh, I have, I've quoted this statement from the, from the Christ, Christian, Judeo Christian Bible. And that is, uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And it's a very short statement. Vengeance is mine, uh, means that, uh, Krishna, is is giving the results of people's actions through his material energy. He's giving them the results of their action, and so there's no reason for us to have to plan how we're going to see that this other person gets his reactions for what he's done to us or what he's done to someone else. So we, uh, the the it, it takes a load off our minds if we can just realize that one point that I don't have to get retribution for what has been done to me or one of my kids or one of my friends. I don't have to do that. At true that Srila Prabhupada has taught us that if someone is attacking another devotee, then we can become very angry. But when someone is uh, attacking us personally, we should accept it as, as benediction. And how is that so? Because Krishna is just. He does not allow us to suffer for anything uh, except that for which we are responsible. And he doesn't make mistakes. He sees that we're getting what we're due. And what is the reason for that? Is it just punishment? No, not at all. It's so that we can get to the point of despair and desperation that we turn our heads toward Him and say, Krishna, help me. That's, that's, the, that's what is intended to do. That kind of thing. So, um, uh, carrying hard feelings for perceived offenses by other people. It's not a good thing to do. Uh, Tamar Krishna Goswami once said, once told me, a devotee never, ever, Ever carries a grudge, and I guess well that eliminates me. <laughs> I must not be a devotee then. But I understood what he said, and and this is not something that just comes automatically. Uh, that we just just don't carry a grudge, you know. Every time somebody offends us, we're we're a little hurt by it, uh, and so we. But but we have to get to the point of realizing. You know, what, what it might be. <laughs> give you, give you a, a person, another personal example. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was going out to Radhanath Prabhu's farm out in Terrell, about 45 minute drive from here. And I got out right there, uh, where, uh, uh, Interstate 30 and Highway 80 going east, they split. And so I was in the far right lane and I had, a, because the lane that I was in was going to get off at Big Town Boulevard, I had to move over one lane, and I saw someone was coming up behind me pretty fast. But I thought, well, the entire lane that is left of us, uh, in other words, there's another lane over there, it was completely empty. There was nobody in it, either behind this fellow coming up or in front of him. And, and so he had plenty of room to get over and just keep him going. So he came up right behind me and started blowing his horn, and he, and he suddenly veered out around me, and, and then came back in in front of me so close that if I'd not tapped my brake at that time, he would have, he would have taken my bumper off, my front bumper off, or, or messed up his car in some way. And then he just went on speeding and there was nobody in the left lane. He could easily have stayed over in the left lane when he came around me. So I was thinking, you know, Krishna, what, what are you trying to tell me here? And I was thinking then that uh, this, is, this is something that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, that someone be, would become angry with me out on the highway. But I thought, this is a way to relieve me of something that I have done to someone else to cause them to feel bad. I'm getting my results back. And this poor fellow, he's, he's been very offensive in his behavior that he's gonna—he's—he hasn't gotten rid of anything with this, not even his anger. And he's going to have to suffer for being offensive to another person. And he doesn't know anything about me; he doesn't care. And so, this is the way we need to treat uh, all offenses that come our way—you know, from other people. Uh, we need to—we need to accept them as something that Krishna is given—is giving me to try to help turn my head toward him and at least ask the question why is this happening why is this happening to me and if you got the if you have the presence of mind to ask that question then you might also have the answer come to you this is because of something that i have done to someone else in the past and i'm simply getting the results of it now and but the problem is for the other person is that he doesn't get rid of any karma, any bad reactions. He just accrues more. And at some point in time, somebody's going to act very disrespectful to him for you know, for having acted disrespectful to someone else. So it, it, that's one of the big problems that we have that is ignorance. Ignorance of how Krishna wants us to act in this world. Ignorance of the fact that in every person there is a spirit soul and that, in every, that every person we should try to respect as a devotee of the Lord, regardless of whether he knows anything about Krishna consciousness or not. Because everyone is, to, and ultimately, is a devotee of the Lord. They have left the spiritual world, just as we did sometime in the far distant past. They've gone through many different kinds of bodies in this material world, and now they're back in the human form of life, so we should, we should treat them very compassionately, try to be kind to them, and try to give them uh, some information about the Supreme Lord. In other words, get them started back on their spiritual path again, because they have left it long ago. So these are the kinds of, of lessons that we are trying to learn from reading this, uh, this nice chapter about the mothers of Krishna after embracing their son. And these, I think, I presume, were the, the wives of, of, uh, uh, Vasudev. Vasudev. and Devaki, mothers and fathers, mother and father of Krishna. And as I understand it, someone said the other day that, uh, Vasudev had, what was it, 13 wives? Something like that. And so all of them, uh, were, were acting with, a, with affection. Uh, toward uh, Krishna, you know, they're here in Dwarka now. They've been moved from Mathura, and they're in Dwarka, and so they're acting with affection toward Krishna. And everywhere Krishna goes, he is—he's um, helping someone get rid of reactions in the past, or he's simply receiving love and affection from the from his devotees. He's a nice person, this Krishna. And I think we shall stop here and ask if anyone would like to make any comments. Something has come to mind while I've been rambling on and on.
2: Dr. Jason Prabhu. Hare Krishna, thank you for the wonderful class. I have a question about this um, this uh, car incident. <laughs> so, it, like, uh, it's true that that what you say, right? Of course is true. Um that that the man that cut you off was was just simply delivering a reaction to you for something you have done in the past. Right. And um and then Maybe to him at some in some past lifetime. Maybe, right. So then he but and you if you let it go then uh, then you you 're getting rid of it, but then he 's still accruing more karma uh if he keeps his anger but I just thought of thought of this from a different angle, and I was wondering uh what you think about this because because okay so he's he 's cutting you off and and then he 's keeping his anger and he 's accruing more karma but that seems like an endless cycle right and, and but like uh but wouldn't it wouldn't it be also that that if he is simply an agent of your karma, then um, then he is helping to serve Krishna, deliver your karma to you, and and that and ha- would, that, would that free him he, he's from the his agent.
0: karma? That's right. He's the agent. He's the one delivering that reaction to me, and uh, Krishna has has allowed him to do that. But now, whether he gets any benefit from serving Krishna by delivering my karma to me is another question.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's my question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have I have my doubts. Unless no, I can't imagine that because you know if he had been a devotee, if he had been doing this for um, uh, trying to correct my behavior so I could make spiritual advancement, he would not have appeared angry like that. Very likely. Now, of course, there was a time in the Mahabharata in which, uh, Srila Vyaste came to, uh, um, Duryodhana and tried to give him good advice and instruction about, uh, how he should properly treat his cousin, brothers, the Pandavas. And, of course, Duryodhana wasn't moved by it at all. And so, Vyasade became angry and he left. You know, he didn't, he didn't punish Duryodhana himself. But you know, when a when a an exalted personality like that, who is who's is partial incarnation of of, of Krishna, Vyasteva is, as I understand, um, he's come he's come for a particular purpose in this world, besides just to uh, deliver to us the Srimad Bhagavatam and all the Vedas and the Mahabharat. Um, um, he he, is, he actually took part in the society that he was living in and trying to help avert a a, a, a disaster that was going to consume the lives of of what was it uh, uh six, how, how many millions six, I'm thinking six hundred and forty, but I can't remember for sure whether that six hundred and forty million men killed in the in the Battle of Kutukshetra in eighteen days. So, you know, what, he was just playing a, a role in Krishna's pastime. That was one of Krishna's pastimes. And we know also that many of those uh, men who were killed uh, received the benediction of going back to the Supreme Personality of Godhead's home, or Vaikunta. Some went to the, as we understand it, some went to the heavenly planets within this universe, but it was said that anyone who gave up his life in the presence of Krishna and Arjuna on the battlefield went back to vaikuntha uh, So Krishna is very kind, you know. He he may he may allow someone else to give his devotees uh, some karmic reaction, just just to make them think about him. And of course, I did think about Krishna when that guy almost, you know, took my bumper off. Uh, and, and I also I, I remembered that um, at some point in either going there or coming back that I hadn't remembered to say prayers to the Lord Rasingade when I when I left here. Usually I do whenever I, I leave here, leave this community to go out on the highway or go even drive around downtown Dallas. Uh it's always a good thing to do, to pray to the Lord Nasingade to protect you. And he will. I felt quite sure of that. I look back at several times. I've done a lot of driving, as most of us have, I guess. And uh, and uh, there were times that I came very close to a real disaster. Really could have taken my life. Uh, but, you know, something happened just at the last moment to keep me from being hurt or killed. So whenever someone else uh, brings uh, some reaction to us, um uh, we should actually feel a little bit sorry for them because especially, if, you know, we haven't done anything directly to de- deserve that reaction from them. Then it's, it's, uh, it's like they're taking on part of our reactions by giving us that, that tongue lashing or whatever it might be. So we have to we have to um, have to show respect to other people, even when it's they who appear to be giving us the hard time, and we have to we have to remember that they're the agent. Krishna is allowing his material energy to work through that person to give us the reactions that we deserve, and that's a very difficult lesson to learn, even in a community as close as this one, isn't it? You notice that. Keep your eyes open. Look around you. Keep your ears open. You can hear things. And, and you'll find a lot of times that reactions come to someone and they look for another person to blame it on. I've done that myself. I know how that works. I'll give you one more little story and that is when my wife and I first came here in 1979, we had come, we came from Tennessee about the same time at the three other families came from Tennessee, you know, Maturnat, Ratanat, and Chivanandapaloo, we all came at the same time down to Dallas. And we had a three, three-month-old three son with us, our third child, who began having a severe, um, 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 let's see, what do we call it, uh, uh, when the body gets stiff, what do you call that, um, it was, it, it's kind of a temporary paralysis. It's a, um, uh, there's a name for it. It's just leaves, it's left my mind all of a sudden. Anyhow, so we spent about uh, the full, the five months that we remained here in Dallas, we spent a lot of that time in Children's Medical Center. And uh, the doctors were trying desperately to find out what was causing this. Seizures. That's the word I'm looking for. It was a seizure. And, uh, and he couldn't couldn't figure it out. And so, um, uh, on the, on the suggestion of my spiritual master, I told them, you know, it looks like he's going to give up his body. If he's going to do that, then I'm taking him home. Thank you very much for your help. And they said, we're not releasing him. I said, you no, don't have to release him. I'm taking him home. And so, um, as it turns out, uh, one young intern, a, a, a little lady, uh, suggested giving him, Large doses of B vitamins. Anyhow, I was having a difficult time at that time, spending time doing any service here in the community, and spending time with my wife and my other two sons who who were here. You know, I was trying to trying to do all these things, and it, and it just wasn't working too well. And we had some really bad housing that we were having to tolerate. So anyhow, I was blaming a whole lot of my distress on the situation, and on other people. And it wasn't their fault at all. It was my fault. It was a test that Krishna was allowing me and my wife to undergo. And we failed it. We left. In October, I guess it was, of 79, of we left and we decided, well, we'll go back to Mississippi, stay with our folks for a while, and then we'll go to the Mississippi farm to live. And I'll get a job in New Orleans, driving back and forth from the farm. So during that time period, my son got better because these B vitamins that he was receiving seemed to correct the problem. And, you know, it was just by chance that this young woman uh, suggested giving him large doses of B vitamins. And she gave him several. And he, he became better almost immediately. As it turns out, he he could not store or his body could not create uh, the B vitamin called biotin. And so because of that, then during the time that we left this community, uh, my wife was still giving him some vitamins, but some of them ran out. And I think she, she kind of stopped giving him some of them. And anyhow, when we came back here in 1980 at the request of His Holiness to Mount Krishna Goswami, my son almost immediately started having seizures again. But we found out uh, uh, by chance uh, that it was one B vitamin that he was taking that his body could not produce or store, and that was biotin. And so there was one doctor who was doing his postdoctoral work over here at Children's Medical Center, and uh, he was focusing on that one disease. Then we call biotinidase deficiency, and he and he told us that uh, uh, one out of a hundred thousand people carry carry this gene disorder. And my wife and I both um, had that had that gene disorder. But it didn't show up in us. It showed up only in our son. And so he went on to do quite a bit of study on this Dr. Barry Wolf. And then he moved, I think, to Maryland and did some work there and stayed in touch with my son. And, uh, and ever since that time, my son has been taking four or five little tablets of biotin every day and his life has been normal. He can do pretty much, you know, it affected his hearing and his vision of the seizures did. So he can't, he cannot drive, but he's learned to use public transportation and avoid the expense and the headaches of having a vehicle. So all of these things came on us at the time that we first moved here, and then we left, and everything was going pretty good. We came back here and it started again. Now, who was I going to blame? was I going to blame the the man who was the temple president at that time who was kind of giving me a little bit of a hard time because I wasn't doing any service around the community or should I blame it on some someone else should I blame it on my spiritual master should I blame it on Krishna so those are the kinds of things that we have to we have to understand why they're coming to us and it, it It's only when we get to the human form of life, the human stage of life, that we can ask those questions. Even if we have a human body, sometimes we don't learn to ask those questions until it's too late. But that's the reason that we as devotees then love to pass out literature and prasadam, to help people get started to asking those questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? What am I supposed to be doing here? I don't want to die. Why do I have to die? What happens after I die? You know, all those questions people don't have an answer to. It's ignorance in this society. So it is our job then, whatever opportunity presents itself, to at least try to get somebody to take this knowledge, because if they take the knowledge then that can relieve them. Just like when you hear, uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Oh, you mean I don't have to get back at anybody for what they've done to me? Krishna's going to take care of that for me? Yep. And that gives us a great deal of, of solace in our lives that we don't have to be responsible for seeing that other people get their due for whatever they've done to us. Anything else, Anyone? Sorry, I I think I spent a lot of time answering your question and probably run run all over the world with it. All right. Thank you all very much for coming and sitting with us. Uh, And those of you who are sitting at home or sitting in your car somewhere listening to our Bhagavatam discourse, thank you very much for spending part of your Sunday morning uh, to gain a little, maybe hopefully gain a little bit of spiritual knowledge. Uh, so we offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakal patarubya shara kripa siddhivy eva shara patitanam pavne biho vaishnavi mano mama nattakoti vaishnavin ki jai shila prabodhak ki jai shishi rathai kalachandjadam ki jai gaura preminant. Have a good Sunday, everyone. Chant Hare Krishna. If you ha- if you have time, chant Hare Krishna.